Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today is Monday, July 9th, and this is Red Sox Beat on the CLNS Media Network. I'm your host, Jess Thomas, alongside Nick Qualia today. And welcome into another edition of Red Sox Beat here on CLNS Media. I am your host, Jess Thomas. No, I'm not Jared Scally. It's different this week. we got a whole different thing going on. And if you just listen to the beginning of it, you'll know that we got Nick Qualia, who you should be totally used to because he's the roundtable king and he does all kinds of other stuff for CLNS. So familiar voice here, but no Jared. We're going to line it up today, Red Sox Beat style, with the two of us. Going back to the good old days of 2012 and 2013 <laughs> when we hosted a radio show at Framingham State together. If you don't know about that, because you probably don't. So that's how we're doing it. So if we sound like we know each other, it's because we do. So that's how we're going to roll here today. So Nick, how you doing? Yeah, man, what's up? I'm uh, I'm happy that we got to do this. Like It's, it's 2012 all over again, back at, uh, I forget what the call numbers are, Framingham State's call numbers. But back to Ram Radio, we had our right. sports talk show, the Sports Huddle, was sweet. It was my first. Was it was my first show I ever did. So I mean, you're kind of the pioneer of me getting into media. <laughs> That's right. Everyone thinks that you you deserve all the credit yourself, but really, I deserve your credit. <laughs> and hey, we end up in the same place. Isn't that funny? Yeah, for so sure. We're doing the show, so it's good stuff. And now I have a kid, so life's different than 2012. <laughs> But we're still here. It's still us. So it's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'm still kidless. I'm going to keep it that way for a while as long as I can keep it. <laughs> well, you're younger than me too. So it's it's uh, you got a few years. Yeah. <laughs> get married first. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping so. Let's get this thing rolling. We got plenty to talk about right now with this squad. Yeah, we sure do. And I think where I want to start is just quickly talking about this great week because this team just keeps rolling they're already hot coming into the week and they just completed a 6-0 and week here on on uh on sunday with another win over the royals they swept the nationals they swept the royals and they now stand stand at 62 and 29 and i don't think people are quite realizing how good that is 62 and 29 if you get 60 wins before 30 losses you're doing something very 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 right well you know that's like that's the thing too, and me and you, me and you were kind of on the same page with this. And Alex Barth gives me crap all the time on the roundtables. Says I'm an optimist. Says that I am Mr. Homer, which you know out of anybody. I'm, I'm, I think I'm pretty equal. I sit right in the middle, and I'll, I'll say if the team's not doing well, I'll say what the team's doing wrong. It's just like 
So, so listeners, take that with a grain of salt right now. But this team, people are giving them crap, including people on our staff who say that they're actually not this good. And like, and listen, to get to this amount of wins, you have to be a good baseball team. Baseball is a funny sport. Yeah. Baseball is a funny sport where the worst team in baseball can beat the best team in baseball 10-0 one night. It's just how it happens. It's, for them to be cons- this consistently good all through the season and be two games ahead of the Yankees right now, as we record this, they're two, ga- they're two games ahead of the Yankees. To be this good, you actually, you actually have to be a talented baseball team. Like, sorry. And yeah. you want to look through this, this lineup, too. It's an excellent offensive lineup, but again, people are trying to put that down. I know. It's like literally. That's why I wanted to start with this because, like, it's you just look at what people are saying, and so many people are negative about. It. And yes, I am an optimist. You you don't have to tell oh, yeah. yourself that, but I, <laughs> I I am, and we all know it. And I mean, you you just enjoy good baseball, and you're a little more realistic. I just I'm all about it. But like when when this situation's happening. How can you not be optimistic? People are talking like this is like a 40 and 52 team, like the Tigers. Like, oh, they're just scraping by. They're losing some games. They're not very good. You know, they're playing crappy teams and they're beating them. Not only that, it's like 62 and 29. They're talking. Yeah, they're talking like this is even a 50 win team right now. This is this is the best best team in baseball. (laughs) It's it's crazy town. It is crazy town the people anybody is saying that this isn't a good baseball team. Sure, they went to New York and they got rocked. And we'll talk about that later. But they are a talent, a very talented baseball team. There's just no way to put it. Their defense is great. Their pitching staff could use, could use some work, which we'll talk about again. But just to get to this amount of wins, to put up the offensive numbers that they've put up, and they've done it against talented pitchers too. They, people forget this. They took Luis Severino's lunch. They pantsed him in his first outing yeah, at Fenway did. Park this year. So it's not like they're just yeah, like beating eight up. Eight runs or something? Yeah. yeah. It's not like they're just yeah. beating up on crap teams, crap pitchers. They've done this against talented teams, talented pitchers. They split with Houston. They they split with Seattle in that four-game series in Seattle. And then they took two they out of three when they can. Yeah. So, like, right. they've beaten good teams. I don't know where this right. narrative's coming from that this isn't really a good baseball team. It's crazy town. It's right. Twitter. It's all it is. It's just Twitter. And, and the stupid thing is people are saying, oh, they're beating the teams they should. That's what good teams do. <laughs> they beat teams they're supposed to beat. If they weren't a good team, they wouldn't be beating these teams that they're supposed to beat. That's the whole point. Like that's what you do. That's how you get wins in sports is you beat teams that you're supposedly better than. So why is that a negative thing all of a sudden? <laughs> oh, they're they're beating teams they're supposed to, or there's so many bad teams. Great. Then you get more wins and then you play the good teams and then you're you have momentum because you won other games against other teams and then you're good. It's just it's insane to me. It's so weird. And like you said, they've beaten good teams a decent amount too. And if you if you go 500 against the four best teams in the majors, that makes sense because you're all good teams. That means they're also going 500. <laughs> that makes perfect sense, right? Exactly. <laughs> so that makes. And the stupid, the other stupid thing, and I brought this up in a uh, in a chat yesterday, was that they were only six and six against the AL Central before the series with the Royals this weekend, which it doesn't include the Indians because the Sox haven't played the Indians yet. So they were six and six against the Twins, Tigers, White Sox, and Royals, four of the worst teams in baseball. Which means that they lost to bad teams, which means they beat good teams. Which is what we're saying. <laughs> which so is what like, they should be doing. It's, 
it's it's baffling. I don't it, understand how anybody could like. They have a plus one forty nine run differential. That's second <laughs> in the majors behind the Astros. So they're scoring one hundred and forty nine more runs than they're giving up. Is what that means for all the people who don't know what that means. They've scored four hundred eighty nine. They've given up three forty. That means they're good because they've scored way more runs than they've given up, which is why they have the best record in the majors, which is why they're a good team. I don't know how much clearer I can put this, that this team is really good. They're on pace for the most wins in the team's franchise history. This is a long, <laughs> rich history. And this team hasn't gotten 100 wins in a long time. They're on pace to cream the 100 wins. They're 62-29. and 29. You can lose 62 games, and you still won 100 games. They're not even close to 62 losses. It's insanity. Just going back to what you said about, like, beating the teams that they're supposed to beat and how people, like, they'll, they'll, they swept the Angels. You don't expect teams yeah. to sweep teams in three games. You just don't. For the most part, you want to win the series. You want to win two games out of three. Okay? So if they if they sweep, obviously that's excellent. That is excellent if you sweep. But you don't expect a team to sweep. Again, like I said earlier, it's baseball. Anything can happen. And I think that's what people forget. Good teams can lose to the worst team in baseball. The best team lose to the worst team in baseball. It happens sometimes. That's why you play seven-game series in, in the playoffs. Because you can lose a game for no reason. Chris Dale could throw a one nothing game. It just That's just how it happens. And the Red Sox could have the best offense in baseball. That's just how it happens. But to, to spin it as a negative because you beat the teams that you're supposed to beat, that doesn't make any sense to me. Because why no. would you rather them lose? Like you, because that right. shows you right there. You're gonna be negative no matter what. They win. Oh well, they should have beat them. They lose. Well, how could you not beat them? You're supposed to beat that team. It's you can't it, win again, man. It's tw- it's Twitter. That argument. It's Twitter. Yeah, it is. And those teams that they're sweeping, the Angels, a 500 team. They just swept the Nationals, a 500 team. So they're sweeping teams that are 500, which means that you know, like 500, you win half your games. Well, if you get swept, you're not winning any of those games. So that's good, too, if you're sweeping 500 teams. Because like you said, sweeps are hard no matter who you're facing. So to do that, and they absolutely creamed the Angels that series. And they beat their Nationals pretty handily, too. So, And the offense is just is clicking big time right now. So, so yes, I understand it. We're in Boston. People like to be negative about things. People like to find anything you could possibly find. But I'm sorry, when you're 62 and 29, there's not much to find. You're winning 68% of your games. What's the point of being negative? You could be the Royals. You could be 25 and 64. Then you can complain. Like, I'm sorry. When there's stuff to complain about, fine. But if there's not, what's the point? I mean, just be happy for once. Just enjoy that your team's really good. <laughs> just en- enjoy that you live in the greatest sports freaking town ever. Yeah, enjoy. All teams are good all the time. Enjoy, enjoy that the four major sports teams right now, hockey, basketball, baseball, football, all of them have legitimate shots to win their championship this year. All of them. Basically, yeah. For the most part, enjoy that. Like even even down to the oh, Bruins. Like the nobody thought the Bruins were going to be what they were this past season, and now the Bruins are all of a sudden a top team in hockey. Like all four teams are excellent right now. Just be positive. Just be happy. I'm one of the worst ones enjoy when it. it comes to like when the Red Sox lose, it ruins my day. Like that's that's something very underplayed with this Red Sox staff. You ask my girlfriend when the Red Sox lose, I am a nightmare to be around. Don't even talk to me. In this team, well, it's just you, like... You've had a good year then. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm just like, I've the time. been the happiest year of my life. <laughs> it's just yeah. been excellent. <laughs> right. You're only you're only sad 32% of the time. That's a pretty good ratio. Yeah, yeah, which you're is happy. which yeah, is pretty solid. Yeah, that's good. So, I'm happy for you. So that's where <laughs> I want to start the show. It's just, you know, I'm sick of hearing about everybody who's negative. We're keeping it positive. With that said, 
let's talk about the offense because they were having a little bit of trouble. There was a few games there for a little bit where they were struggling a little bit, and they, you know, they scored one run against the Yankees in two different games. So it was like a little question mark, you know, the bottom of the lineup not really hitting that well. And then this week, the offense comes out here and scores four, eleven, three, ten, fifteen, and seven. That's a lot of runs. And this offense is the best offense in the league. They have the most runs per game. Yeah, but they should be the best offense in the league. What do you mean? Yeah, right. (laughs) Love it. So, they're the best offense in the league. They had another great week this week. So, put all the doubters to rest. The offense came to play. So, I mean, what are you liking? Because Andrew Benintendi had, like, the most incredible two days here with four walks on Saturday and a home run, and then four more hits today on Sunday as we record here. When you have him hitting like that, in addition to Martinez, in addition to Betts, this team is terrifying. I would, I would never want to face this team if I were an opponent. So what So what I'm noticing now with this lineup that's kind of changed it, because you mentioned it, they went through that offensive lull for a little while, where like I, they lost they they lost their series to the Chicago White Sox, uh, another AL Central team who they just shouldn't lose to. That was in the middle of their offensive lull. And a big problem with the team earlier on in the season, uh, even when they were winning, was they have the top third of their lineup, Mookie Betts, J.D. Martinez, Andrew Benintendi. Even he was struggling for a little bit. But they were all producing so much, it was almost unbelievable, right? And then you got to the bottom third of the lineup, uh, Eduardo Nunez, Jackie Bradley Jr., San Leona, Christian Vasquez, both your catchers, uh, even Rafael Devers, they weren't producing at all. Now the offense is producing where you're noticing that the entire lineup is hitting now, for the most part. Even Sandy Leone has sneaky been hot. He's he's brought his average up to 250. Him and Vasquez at one point were both under 200. Sandy Leone's up to 250. Looks like a legitimate option behind the plate to be a starting catcher for most major league teams because, again, I mean, sneaky right now, there are no great offensive uh, catchers right now in the league, at least in the American League, other than uh, Wilson Ramos down in Tampa Bay. But uh, back to what I was saying. The offense is lengthened. Now it's 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 deeper. Jackie Bradley Jr., he's hitting 198 right now as of today, I believe. He's even starting to get the ball on the bat, or the bat on the ball, rather. Eduardo Nunez is starting to hit the ball. Sandy Leon, like I just said, is starting to hit the ball. Christian Vasquez uh, out, obviously, with a broken pinky, fractured pinky, but he's even starting to hit the ball. So now it's one through nine are legitimate threats to get on base, whereas before, it was J.D. Martinez, Mookie Betts, Mitch Moreland. They were getting on base, hitting home runs, and then 6, 7, 8, 9 were all getting outs. Even their pitchers are raking. Even Rick Porcello's hitting doubles Rick, in Washington. Rick I know. How fun was that? That was awesome. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the thing when, like, people keep giving up on Sandy Leone, and then he comes back and he starts to hit again. So he's, the, he's trying oh. to prove that he still belongs here, which is, which is awesome because... You're going to need him, especially now. But, yeah, I mean, that, that Royals game last night in the ninth inning, everybody was hitting. They were just going through the line. Oh, it was unbelievable. Run after run after run after run. <laughs> and it was so and quick, like, too. They weren't stopping. It was so right. quick. I came downstairs. San Leon was up. Uh, he got on base. I forget what he did for a hit. Gets on base. And then, like, 15 minutes later, I look back at the TV, and he's up again. <laughs> I was like, what is going on? Right. <laughs> Right, it was 8-4, and then all of a sudden it was 15-4 to before we even knew it. So that's when you get the production uh, from 1 through 9. So, um, yeah, so let's go from Sandy to, to Vasquez, because now 
you know, they were splitting. Now Vasquez is on the DL with a broken pinky. So now you assume Sandy's going to get most of the starts, and then Swihart's going to fill in when he can't play. So what does that change for, for the offense and the defense? Because obviously Vasquez plays a lot. So what do you, how do you feel that changes things at this point? So it's weird to say, but before uh, the Vasquez and Sandy Leon era, it was Blake Swihart coming up. And we didn't really know too much about Vasquez or Sandy Leon. It was Blake Swihart. That guy's going to be your future catcher. One negative I remember about him behind the plate was his defense. His defense wasn't great, but his offense, it was kind of the opposite of Christian Vasquez. His defense isn't great, but his offense was was well enough to keep him in the lineup. He was sitting around 270, 280. Now that he's back in, his average is still under 200. But I'm still, I know it's July, but I still have faith in the kid because I just don't think he's been playing consistently enough to get better. I think if he plays consistently enough, we're, we're going to see that average raise a little bit. Uh, Offensive-wise, with the lineup, he's probably going to be, I don't want to say an automatic out, but he might be close if he doesn't get the consistent at-bats that I was just saying. Defensively, we're going to see a downgrade too because Christian Vasquez and Sene Leon, they're just two both uh, excellent defensive players behind the plate. But he's serviceable. You know, this is this is a fine predicament to be in for the Red Sox because what you could be doing is bringing up a Pawtucket uh, catcher right now who hasn't had any time in the majors this year. Now you got you got Blake Swihart who, I mean, realistically, this is kind of why you have him here still, right? To be a backup catcher, to be a guy who can, who can fill in when needed. So not a bad predicament, but at the same time, I'd rather have Christian Vasquez who was also starting to hit the ball too uh, in the lineup. Yeah, I'd rather have Vasquez too, but I think this does give Swihart a good opportunity, and I hope they give enough starts because, like you said, his defense is a little lacking. But what better time, you know, in this little stretch here where you're playing teams that aren't as good with as good of a record as you have, this is the time where you should be able to, to uh, you know, tr- try him out and just see if if he's able to get anything done because, like, you don't have that pressure to, like, showcase him. Cause you, Right, you know you're going to the playoffs either way. Obviously, you want him in the division, but it's not going to make that much difference. So just showcase him a little bit, get him some good defensive uh, trips out there, and then see what he can do on offense. I think that's only going to help. So I think they should play him more than maybe they would normally because, you know, with the two of them, you have Leon and Swihart. I mean, split him evenly. You don't need to do like a four-day, one-day thing. Like do three and two or something like that because, I mean, how is that going to hurt you? You know, Swihart is supposed to be a better offensive player anyway than Leon. And, yeah, and plus, I mean, the, the offense, the offense is just so hot right now that you can mask Blake Swihart. It's, it's like what they were doing the beginning right. of the year. The offense is so good right now and so hot that you can mask the deficiencies that are at the end of the lineup. So, yeah, it's fine. Put Blake Swihart in there, showcase him a little bit. Best case scenario, the guy goes on a rip and tear, starts drilling doubles. Next thing you know, he's swapped for, uh, for, for, I don't know, some relief pitcher. I forget who I said earlier on the roundtable. Or go watch the roundtable when it comes out. But (laughs) (laughs) we have a trade deadline roundtable coming out. Sneak peek. But uh, Trinan, Trinan, yeah, Trinan out of the Oakland A's. Swap him over there to Oakland. Dump him over there. Whatever. Cincinnati's also high on him. Best case scenario, like I said, this guy gets hot. He starts hitting the ball. All of a sudden, major league teams are like, hey, look at this. Young catcher. Bright future. Back in the majors, let's grab him. He's a relief pitcher that we don't need. Perfect. All in all, can't be a negative thing. 
Right, because if he plays well and you keep him, then you're just getting good production. If you play him well and you trade him, then you get somebody better. Yeah. You can't lose. It's yeah. great. <laughs> you win, 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 win. It's awesome. Before we move to the pitching, actually, uh, this just in, just announced, as of recording here, uh, the All-Stars were just announced. Oh! And, uh, the starters, and Mookie Betts and J.D. Martinez will both be starting the All-Star game next week. So, breaking news. Shouldn't surprise anyone. No. But it's official now. Correct, correct me if I'm wrong. Is this the first time J.D. Martinez has been voted in by the people? I don't know that for a fact, but it wouldn't surprise me. I think he said that, that the, last year. at the beginning of the year, I'm pretty sure that he said that he's never been actually voted in to the All-Star game. And the only way he's been in the All-Star game is by the player vote. Hmm. Well, if that's true, then that's, I mean. And you know why? He, he should be. He should be the player vote because he was I mean, with, he, he was with vote. he was with Detroit last year. Nobody gave a crap about Detroit because they sucked. He was with Arizona. Arizona's a small market team. Nobody's really paying attention to him. Now he's with the Boston Red Sox, the big balls of the major leagues. People are paying attention to him now. Get this guy in the All Star game. And as a CBS Sports article, it's titled "JD Martinez is making 29 teams look terrible for letting the Red Sox sign him at a steal." Yeah, <laughs> that, that's a fact. Yup. How many people? How many people did you hear being negative about that signing? And how many of them are still talking? Um, yeah, I'll wait here. Yeah, I don't think anybody. <laughs> Dude, right? me, and me, and you, me and you were battling people at the beginning of the year because people were like, oh, no, what? I'd still rather have Giancarlo Stanton. Dude, if you're still saying that, you're just saying that because you're too much of a wimp, too much of, I'd rather say a different word, but to come <laughs> off of your opinion. Because this guy has been excellent. This guy is the definition of a Boston Red Sox. He's here to win baseball games. He studies the fact that he still he studies his his batting stance in every single BP. It's excellent. I love this man, and I love for the amount that they got him for. And quite frankly, the biggest mistake that they could have made with this guy is the fact that they didn't sign him for more years than just two with a player option. Right. Exactly because he's been everything you could have wanted and absolutely more. And yeah, you're right. We were both on his bandwagon. I said, this is a great signing. You said, I remember, I remember listening to your, to your round tables about how... Just that one I did by myself? <laughs> yeah. You're, you're like, well, you, you, the Red Sox need this guy. He is so good. You need this guy. And then, boom, they got him. Imagine then, if they didn't. Imagine this team without him. Another team. Oh, God. They'd still be good, but there's no way they'd be this good. No, they would be. They would be in second place right now. There's no way they would be ahead of the Yankees without JD. I I would be willing to bet that they'd be at least like six or seven wins worse at this point because he's that he's been that good to get you that many wins. I mean, oh, he's been he's he's, he's produced been monumental. He's produced such an incredible amount. It's just like, and I just I just love RBI. Yeah, in twenty is he twenty seven wow. home runs now? Twenty seven homers and a three twenty nine batting average. Twenty seven wow. home runs, and it's just. It's incredible what this guy has done, and I, I, I this this really wasn't on our rundown to talk about JD Martinez, but just <laughs> no. just just to give this man a metaphorical hug right now, what he has done for this team, he's stepped up. He's been a leader too. He's even spoken about how, he, and when he was he was cut from the Houston Astros, I think it was 2012, 2014, 2014, 2014. He was cut. Yep, that was like yesterday. He was cut. <laughs> he was cut by Houston. And he said one of the things that he didn't like about Houston was there was no veteran presence or no veterans who were willing to help and, and help this guy grow. So he's he stepped up in the Red Sox locker room, the Red Sox clubhouse, to help these guys grow, to help these guys get better. Rafael Devers, 
He's been working with Rafael Devers to make sure that he can actually hit better because we know Rafael Devers can hit. And what's happened ever since then? 15 points higher on the average. He's hitting moonshots now. Right. Because he studies his own swing. Then he studies the other guy's swings. There's nothing the guy can't do. I mean, he's monumental. That's the thing. Like you said, he wasn't given the opportunity to be a leader anywhere else. And then they said, be our leader. And he said, okay. And the fact that he's putting up these numbers in such a difficult place to play and he's not like saying anything like he doesn't run his mouth he doesn't talk about the pressure like he just who, goes out who are you his job. who are you comparing him to right now uh maybe uh david price i don't know it might not be david uh, price but <laughs> yeah we'll get to him and his leadership but before before we go to him a little more on jd i mean he's the like you say he's a perfect boston guy because he doesn't run his mouth and he doesn't he doesn't you know, he doesn't get put in the news. So in that sense, he doesn't really seem like he gets enough credit because nobody talks about him. But you want that as a player. You don't want the media attention on you because if it is, it's going to be negative. Especially here. Right. So he doesn't have any attention on him besides the fact that he's really freaking good. And that's perfect. That is literally the perfect situation. He has literally done everything to a T exactly how you would plan it, how anybody would want to plan it in Boston. Because you see the guys who fail here, they all do the same thing. And he's doing the exact opposite of that. It's, it's gorgeous. And his stats for the majors, leads the majors in homers by two. And RBI, he leads the majors by six. This isn't the AL. This is the entire major leagues. He's that much ahead of everybody else. And average, he's fourth. He's really close to the triple crown round right now. And he's battling Mookie Betts, his teammate, Jose Altuve and Gene Segura. <laughs> so yeah. this guy is this close to the triple crown on July 8th here. So, I mean... He's all you can ask for. He's the motor and the machine that runs this along with bets. It's, it's a gorgeous thing to see. Yeah, and like and like we were saying before, if they didn't have him on this team, who knows what they have been like? They would they'd probably still be kind of depending on Hanley Ramirez right now, who's no longer with the team. But that's another. That's just another thing for the Red Sox. Because you brought on JD, you could dump Hanley Ramirez. You know, RIP. It's weird to not have Hanley Ramirez on the Red Sox anymore, but. It's just what this what this guy has brought to the table. It's been immaculate. It's from the leadership to the production to the home runs to the clutch home runs to the RBIs. It's just it's incredible. It's bananas. I love this man. It is. I do too. And it's funny too because like you know how good of a season Betts has had. JD has yeah. thirty more RBI than Betts. Yeah, thirty, <laughs> which is crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. And and you know it's you know it's also crazy. Andrew Benintendi is also having a very good season, but he's being masked by JD and, and Mookie Betts. Like if you put yeah, Andrew Benintendi, talking about him. yeah, if you put Andrew Benintendi on another team, he'd probably be one of the main focal points of your conversation. But he's sandwiched by JD Martinez, the MLB home run leader, and Mookie Betts, the MLB average leader. It's just right. this this team right now. Forget about it. They're actually not a good baseball team, but. Those two guys are excellent. Yeah, terrible. Yeah, right. They're the only good players on the team. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a great point you make about Ben and Tendy because you look at his numbers, 293, 14 homers, 55 RBI. He's got 11 more RBI than Betts. He also has 98 hits, which is also more than Betts. He's second on the team in hits. 65 runs, which is second on the team to Betts. He has more runs than J.D. Martinez. And on top of all that, he also has 16 steals. And... 48 walks which also leads the team so he leads the team in like four categories too and nobody said a word about him all season long 
Yeah, that's how, that's how, that's when you know your team's good. Yeah, I heard <laughs> I heard the guys on the Section Ten podcast by Barstool. I heard them kind of mention that uh, for a brief second, and I was like, "Holy crap!" Like that's it is it's it's incredible what this team has been able to do to mask somebody who's producing as much as Andrew Benintendi has. Like these past two days, the guy just got on base ten times in a row. I know. And then the and the king of the jinx, Dave O'Brien. Andrew Benintendi comes up and Dave O'Brien goes, oh, he's gone on base 10 times in a row. And then, boom, strikeout. Yeah. Like, oh, there we go. <laughs> there we go, Davey O'Brien, the king of the jinx. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yep, that's it's true. But, yeah, 10 straight times, that that's great stuff. And and it's also masking someone like Bogarts. I hate to keep talking about the offense, but I'm loving it. Bogarts is hitting 281 yeah. with Gene Homer's also in 54 RBI. His numbers are, are kind of close to Benintendi's overall. Minus the runs. So, I mean, it's like he had a great beginning of the season. Then he got hurt. Then he struggled a little bit. And he's been turning it on recently, too. And he's been driving the yeah. ball. So, you've got, you got all these guys that everyone was talking about at the beginning of the year that nobody's talking about now because of the two big guns. And you got so much production between all these guys. I mean, no no wonder the team's won 62 games as you, if you look at the numbers, you know? Yeah, and, and, and you look at this lineup, too, just top to bottom. I'd say six out of the nine guys – any baseball team would love to have on their team. And you can even throw Jackie Bradley in there just for his, just for an offensive heavy team that's looking for some extra defense. Like, all right. around, this team is just excellent, top to bottom. Yep. It is fantastic. All right, we've been positive for the entire show. Let's talk to David Price. Yes! <laughs> so David Price, he had a really good stretch. He was pitching fantastic for about eight or nine straight games. And we will certainly give him credit for, credit for that because we're all about giving credit when it's due. Then he comes into New York, and he gives up eight runs in three and a third innings. And then he faces the Royals of all teams, and he can't even pitch far enough to get a decision. He pitched four and two-thirds innings. He had nine strikeouts, which is great. We'll give him credit for that, too. But he gave up several runs, and of course the Red Sox ended up winning 15-4. to four. But the guy couldn't even get out of the fifth inning against the worst team in the league, 25-64, and 64, as I mentioned earlier. So let's talk about him. He can't pitch against the Yankees. He's good against everybody else except the Royals, I guess. So, I guess, I mean, really the first thing, I know you did a little roundtable on this, but do you trust him? No. (laughs) (laughs) Simple simple answer. Not at all. I mean, so, you want to throw, you want to throw David Price, the, the problem, the problem is with that question, and it's not, I mean, it's not the question's fault. The problem is with David Price in that question is like, Who's the team that you're going to have to play if you want to get to the World Series? Probably the New York Yankees. Yankees right. Probably the New York Yankees. You think so? Yeah. At so some if the, po- at some point, at least, at some point, they're probably going to have to go through the Yankees. I don't care about the Astros because David Price pitched okay against the Astros. He gave it three runs uh, when he played them back in June. But the problem is you're going to have to go through the Yankees, and what frustrates me. And I mentioned this on the roundtable. What frustrates me is before he came to Boston, I remember reading all the stats against the AL East, hearing about it. Oh, my God. David Price is the Yankee killer. David Price kills the American League East. And he showed up to Boston. Now his ERA against the Yankees as a member of the Boston Red Sox is north of 10. North of 10? That's crazy. Ten A 10 ERA is pathetic. And he goes out there Sunday night. Two weeks ago now, after his start against the Angels, or a week and a half ago, he takes a shot at the media. 
says, oh no, you know, I probably won't be able to play because I'll be playing Fortnite. I'm not going to be able to play against the Yankees or whatever he said. Swinging his swinging his uh, his genitals around in all of our faces. <laughs> says that. And then goes out there on the mound in the Bronx and poops on the mound. Absolutely crapped down his leg. And it was... He wasn't, he wasn't swinging his genitals anymore. No. They shriveled <laughs> up. They shriveled up inside of his stomach. <laughs> He's... It was embarrassing. I was in Key West last week. I'm, I'm in Key West, and I'm watching and I'm watching this baseball game. I got my Red Sox hat on. I'm wearing a tank top specifically so you can see my Red Sox tattoo. I'm all jacked up about it. We go to a bar, and I wanted to bury my head in the bar. It was it was so <laughs> upsetting, and it was just watching the Royals game yesterday. He's throwing these pitches that, A, he's missing most of his locations. I don't know if you noticed that. Vasquez would set up inside. The ball would be outside. He's not hitting any of his locations, probably because he's still rattled from last Sunday night. And he's grooving or, cutters. Know, finger, finger, finger numbness or whatever. Yeah, or his fingers are numb. Or, his, or the <laughs> weather wasn't perfect for him. And he's grooving yeah. these cutters over the middle of the plate that I'm looking at these. There was one specifically I looked at, and I thought to myself, if he gave that pitch to Aaron Judge, that ball lands in the Met Stadium from New York. That thing goes from the Bronx to City Field, up where the Mets play. I don't know what part of New York the Mets play in, but they land in that stadium. It was, he's, when he's on, he's on. When he's off, my God, he is pathetic. He's so wildly inconsistent, that's the problem. Yeah. Exactly what he said. I mean, you can get seven innings of one run ball, or you can get three innings of eight run ball. You never know what you're going to get. And I don't like picking a particular pitcher against a particular team because I don't I don't feel like that's really a great like way to judge a pitcher. But when your ERA is ten against the team, like that's hard to that's hard to look past. <laughs> you can't ignore that. You know, like it's easy to ignore most things if they're not like super one way or the other. But like if your ERA is like point five against the team or ten, like that's significant. So that's I mean it's really something you got to worry about. And I know that you talk a little bit about this in the roundtable too. Like, who do you who do you trust to pitch? I know you said that uh, you would pick Price after Sale and Porcello, but I mean, you got you look at your team and Porcello's eleven and three with a three eight three five eight ERA. Erod's ten and three with a three eight four. Sale's nine and four with a two thirty six, and then Price is nine and six with a four forty four. All three of these guys' numbers are way better than Price for the season. Maybe so I'll maybe I'll stick him playing. Forth forth yeah i mean erod's inconsistent and it's hard to know but like going so from the price. Whole sample size of the whole season it's i mean erod's numbers are just better there's no way around it no know? but my so. my only my only problem with price and alex's alex's solution is sticking price in the bullpen which i'm not going to do unless the guy's hurt and is coming off of an injury but yeah and i have a problem putting 31 million dollar relief pitcher in the game like that's crazy town to me that's crazy to me but it's he needs to be he just needs to be more consistent in I don't want to say I'm giving up on the guy, but I'm kind of giving up on the guy only because this is year three of this. We've seen him in year one, year two he came back and he was okay. And I'm not saying that he's not going to produce. He'll pro, he'll go on these skids. He'll win a bunch of baseball games. We'll gain confidence back in him. I'll be tweeting my ass off like, ah, you morons! You thought David Price was done, you big dumb idiots! And then he's going to get shelled. I'm going to feel embarrassed. It's just. You can't work with David Price in the sense that you can't you can't bet on him. That's what I'll say. Right. I'm a gambling man. 
I'll put money on my sporting events. I cannot bet on a game David Price is in because I don't know if he's going to. Like, he almost lost a game to the Royals yesterday. If you are looking strictly at who you are playing as a gambler and you see the Red Sox are playing the Royals, you put your money down on that. You would have won coincidentally yesterday, but that's because of the offense. Yeah, not because of David Price. Not because of David Price. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, you're totally right. It's the whole, the whole, like, synopsis of his entire Red Sox career is you have no idea what you're going to get. Because even when he was quote-unquote good in the first year he was here with his 17 wins, he also led the league in hits and the league led the league in home runs allowed. So it's like, yeah, he was good, but he wasn't really that good. And then obviously he had his whole injury thing, and now this year his ERA is mid-fours again. So it's like, I mean, how... It just <laughs> that's too, it's it, doing his, that's everybody's reaction. Like, what are you supposed to say to this at this point? This is year three right, of this. Because every time that he starts to pitch well and you get excited, then he lays a huge egg. Happens every time. Yeah, you can say you crapped on the mound. That's fine. My dad said it to me in a text a couple of days ago. He's like, ah, every time you think like Price is going to do something, he ends up showing his true self. So he believes his true self is garbage. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's. I, I don't know what fan who watches him consistently can have any any sort of like you can't. good feelings when he goes to the mound in a big game. You, just, you can't anymore. Even if you do, sad. you're lying to yourself. And it's sad that a $31 million guy put it, put us in that situation because yep. it shouldn't come to that. Nope. But it did. Nope. So it's sad. Before we wrap up here with predictions, let's just talk about Tyler Thornburg for a minute. Uh, he came back finally. Pitched for the first time. Real person. He exists. Yeah, he exists. We didn't know. It's hard to know, but he came away from his thoracic outlet syndrome and all of his business, and he's uh, he's actually pitching now. He's pitched two games. Um, what do you see from him so far? He's pitched two innings, given up a couple runs. Uh, he gave up a run in the first game on after a leadoff triple, and then they tried to give him the, the closeout today, and they he couldn't even do that, and Kimberl had to come in and clean up the mess. So what are your thoughts? So you, you, you traded for the guy originally. You traded Travis Shaw for him. For people who forget, that's who Travis Shaw was traded for was Tyler Thornburg <laughs> to Milwaukee. Yep. So so Thornburg was originally traded for to be the eighth inning setup guy. He was the closer up there in Milwaukee uh, when actually I think they traded their closer at that time in 2016. But he was brought in to be the eighth inning setup guy. Now that he's back after over a year of not being in the major leagues, we're going to have to give him some time. From what I'm seeing right now, I like the location I like how the pitches break, but it seems like... Actually, no, I don't like the location. I like how the pitches break. I like the movement on the ball, but occasionally he's leaving meatballs over the plate that should be taken to the moon. So that kind of worries me a little bit. But we also have, we have to remember that the guy, again, hasn't pitched in over a year now. So you can't expect him to come in here and be lights out. We'll reevaluate in, in three weeks, take a real look at him, say, okay, can this guy... Is this guy being... Is this guy worth what you traded uh, for Travis Shaw? That's three weeks we can do that. But for right now, you can't. For what I'm seeing right now, though, at the moment, it's promising because he's not awful. That guy, you could look at him and see him come back again after a year and a half, and he could be garbage. But he's not garbage. He's okay. Well, again, we'll see. We'll see as we go. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm not going to say anything about him until 
three to four weeks from now because there's really no point. It's with relief pitchers. I mean, it's it's hard to tell with relief pitchers because they don't pitch every day. They don't, you know, different situations. You know, up ten runs, up one run. I mean, every situation is different. So I will wait till I get a nice little sample size of different outings, different situations to see. And it's nice that he came back now because now they can get a couple month sample, see how he is, and see how they can utilize him for the playoffs instead of say he came back in two months and he had like they had like two weeks to figure out if it was good or not. So that's good, good, good timing wise for him to come back in July. So I think that's good. I look forward to seeing him. And before we do our predictions, just want to mention, because it was a big thing from this week, Chris Sale and Mookie Betts both got 100s this week. Yeah. Sale got his 100th career win. Betts got his 100th career home run. So it's pretty cool stuff. I like I like what I see from both of them. They're both having outstanding years. And, I mean, Sale's been the best pitcher on the team, even though he doesn't have as many wins as he should. But he's going into the radar. Not nearly as many. People look at records, and they're like, oh, 9-4? and four? Yeah, that's all right. But his ERA is close to 2. So, and he's throwing 100 mile really an hour fastballs now. Where, where did where did this come from? <laughs> he's, so, he's so sharp too. Yeah, it's oh, it's great. Love it. So good thing for Best and Sale, both in the hundred club here for different reasons this week. So before we get out of here on Red Sox beat with Jess Thomas, Nick Qualia here, we're gonna do our predictions for the week, as me and Jared do every week. Uh, we just predict uh, how many games the Sox will win against each of their opponents this week. So the first one, they have three against the Texas Rangers at home. Texas is good for a uh, nice fat last place in their uh, their division out there in the AL West. They are 40 and 51. Not quite as good as the Red Sox. 62 and 29 <laughs> record. All right, we heard that right. 62 and 29, yes. So what do you got? Sox, Rangers, what are they going to do? Uh, you know, I've noticed over the Rangers for the past few years, no matter how bad they are or good they are, the Red Sox always struggle with them. So I'm not going to be shocked if they if – they, They'll t- I think they'll take two out of three from the Rangers. Yeah, and it's funny, actually. The Rangers are a better road team than they are home team, which you don't see very often. But they are 21-23 and 23 in the road and only 19-28 and 28 at home. And, of course, the Sox being home, it is a road game for the, uh, for the Rangers. So I totally agree with you. You're right. The Sox have trouble with them. They don't sweep them very much. So even though they're going home after a long road trip, I will also go two out of three in that series. And then we got four games against those pesky Blue Jays, those 41 and 48 Blue Jays. You never know what you're going to get. Are they going to be good? Are they going to be bad? Mediocre? Hard to know with them. So four games at home, Thursday through Sunday. How do you feel about this one? I think they're going to split it. In-division team. In-division team, it's the, in, I mean, you just you hit the nail on the head. They are they're the definition of an inconsistent team. I was looking back at their wins and losses over the past few weeks, and they just they win games I probably shouldn't be winning. They lose games I probably shouldn't lose. So they, I wouldn't be shocked if they pulled two out of their asses and split the series two four. All right, interesting. What happened to your uh, your positivity, your optimism? Because it's because it, division. Div, it's weird in division games and the Texas Rangers specifically scare me. <laughs> I know. It's, it's a weird week. Well, I don't want to say the exact same thing as you. So I'm going to say win three out of four against the Blue Jays for a nice, fine five and two week. We'll take that. I said five and one this past week, and they went six and oh. I thought I was being nice, and they beat that <laughs> even. So maybe they'll go Maybe they'll go six and one. Maybe they'll go seven and oh, 13 wins in a row. I mean, I'll take it. I'll take anything. Really extend that lead. Then, if they still have 29 wins by next week's show, then, I mean, 29 wins by next week's show, then uh, – we're going to have some more stuff to talk about here on this show. So, And that will take us to the All-Star break. 
July 16th is the Home Run Derby, and July 17th is the All-Star Game. That Mookie Betts and J.D. Martinez will both be starting. Very exciting. And then it's the All-Star break. So that's it for us here. Red Sox beat for your 62 and 29 Red Sox. Have I said that enough this show? I think so. I'll stop it there. So we'll... Uh, What's the record? 62-29? Okay, and that's that's the best record in the major leagues. It does appear that everybody else in the majors has 30 losses except the Yankees, but they only have 58 wins. Oh, so okay, okay, you can keep going then. I just, just wanted to double check. Yeah, it. Uh, yeah, I'm scrolling through here. Uh, 68 one win percentage does does appear to be the best majors. Yeah, um, that's it. Red Sox beat here. Your major league leading Boston Red Sox with the best team in the league on pace for the franchise record in wins. And that's where we'll leave it. Nick Qualia, Jess Thomas here on Red Sox beat. Find us on Twitter at Red Sox CLNS and on Facebook at Red Sox beat podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. We feel the love. We like talking about our major league leading Red Sox. So keep listening. Keep giving us feedback. And we'll be next week, back next week, assuming with Jared. But if he wants to take another week <laughs> off, then we'll do it again here uh, with me and Nick. So we'll uh, we'll catch you later and, and, uh, and go Red Sox. <laughs>